Hi, this is Colin from Worse in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show, and we get in some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worse in the Industry are our own, and in no way are representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization, even when we're right. Yell at us, not them. Thanks, and enjoy the show. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now. When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town. Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you better sit down. Yeah. Ain't nothing fancy, I'm still broke. Cross town like Yancey, I will throw. They say I'm in a spot they would kill for. I could put them in the wheel and they still won't. I don't have like indigestion really. Like it doesn't really. I don't really get like heartburn or anything. But sometimes I get those like the hiccup burps. They're, they they kind of hurt. Like they kind of burn. Yeah. It's like, is that bile? Is that a Polish thing or is that like a Midwest thing, or is that like a bad diet thing? I'm gonna go ahead and say it's a Polish thing. Okay. Um, it's a Polish thing, which which any evidence because of the. Because, because of the, of the organ in our throat that generates uh, yeah, poison we got, and bile to spit yeah, our enemies. Yeah, we got it's right here, right? Yeah, the Lehrman's like right, organ, that right we have in your throat, throat. Yeah. and that's why you. That's why, as a Polish man, you have to drink it down. You have to co- be yeah, constantly you have to drinking. Constantly drink something uh, incredibly basic like alcohol to counteract yeah. the acidity of your digestive tract, or it'll eat away and you'll shit out all your organs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a self-destructive cycle. It's I'd, you know, hey. God doesn't make mistakes, he just makes happy accidents. It's Poland would have evolved itself away had had we not invented beer. We're so Complete we're grass vodka. That's why uh Polacks are the perfect escape artists, because we can literally chew through metal bars. Tyler, I've been thinking about how I would have to hang drywall from the ceiling if I were on my own. And it's it's an upsetting thought. Yeah, it's that's trying to trying to think about hanging drywall by yourself is uh it's a scary thought. As a they, ha- they have like these like winch lifts that you can like rent out. Because I I, rem- I remember when I was a kid, my my Polish grandmother would read me the the scary story of the time that a Polish man had to hang drywall by himself, and I've been terrified ever since. Oh, you mean the time where no work got done and he drank beer all day instead? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it's a great it's a, Polish drywall job. It's a, it's a great kids book. <laughs> Yeah, you get you get two books that you're forced to read as a child when you're when you grow up Polish. One is a carpentry manual, and one uh, and the other is the Holy Room Bible. And Night by Ellie Wiesel. And you also have to read Night. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's more of that's less of like informational and more of just like a general vibe primer. Yeah, you, on what family you, reunions are going to be like. Yeah, they you, want you to know what Poland is. Well, it's yeah. just like hey, it's a it's a land of broken dreams and sadness. Well, and they then the have, Soviets rolled in, and it didn't get much better. They have to let you know from the very beginning of your life that life is terrible and it's going to be hell on earth. Until but that's you die. the thing, right? That's the thing that I feel like the Jews really have nailed down. They haven't, right? Like, I feel like the Jewish faith is correct about a lot of things that Christianity just gets wrong and misses the mark on, and that's definitely one of them. Just like, oh yeah, like you don't go to hell. Like there, we don't have hell when you die. Like. This this kind of, the shit that's happening right now. This is the shit that we're that could be hell. You need to chill out. Like, you yeah, also be vigilant. People are out to get you. That's being being vigilant 
and also chilling out, two things very important to my lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, I'm already circumcised, too. That's why we, uh... That's, uh you know, it's good. That's why every I just time have to we get go an to oil a... to give me a blowjob. That's why every time we go to a restaurant, Colin's like, no, we're taking the corner booth. Take it. Gotta, I, <laughs> gotta have my back. I'm, I shit you fucking not, my dad, every fucking time we go to a restaurant, makes a point of making sure he never sits with his back to the door. Oh, and, of course, yeah. And, like, just drilled that into my head so much where it's now, like, an anxiety that I have in public for no reason. It's like, is this a fucking Coney Island? Nobody's gunning me down. I, I'm not Malcolm X. I don't have <laughs> shooters out for me, okay? Yeah. I'm, I'm, there's no concern here. Yet. Yeah. Yet. I can't wait till I get, like, a King letter where they're like, we know you've been jerking off. We think you should kill yourself. It's like, not only is my wife cool with it, she watches. <laughs> uh, what if what if uh, i just like the return letter from martin luther king to the fbi just like to him and make concern i appreciate your interest in my enclosed <laughs> photos of you jerking <laughs> to whom it may concern i Here's want that smoke here are pictures of the surveillance van you've been driving around outside my house that i took and you can see in the corner of the picture uh myself in the in my <laughs> bedroom mirror reflection jerking off staring at the surveillance van <laughs> these are several pictures i took of the ejaculate that i placed on the surveillance van dude honestly though like you have to imagine that the quality of spy nowadays is very low right because yeah i bet, really I bet we could be, be spies we oh, wow. i feel like between the three of us we have more combined tradecraft knowledge and ability than any given fucking cia millennial Send us like, to Warsaw. We'll fit in, fit right in. Yeah, send, send us to Warsaw. Send us, send us to Warsaw. Hey, I'll I'll fucking you know when you need me to go kill a communist leader and like saw his fucking ear off and keep it in my pocket for fifty years, I can do that. It's you know what we, we I I think you're right, Colin. I think we would make excellent spies until someone told us we had to run fifty feet. I can run fifty feet do it anymore. I can run fifty feet. I just it's can't not run about fifty want, feet it's past not about the fifty being feet. Being able to do it, Colin. It's about wanting to do it. And I'll none do of us it. Are going to want oh, to. Oh, uh, it's fine. If I get to carry a gun and nobody gets to ask me questions ever again, it's fine. <laughs> uh, like just imagine right. that if you're if you work for the CIA, nobody ever gets to question you about anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because there'll be, like, you know, any situation, you could just pull your gun extra illegally, uh, fucking arrest them and detain them, and then torture them to death until they, you get what you want out of them. Uh, the only problem being that Applebee's does not have any servers left. Oh, what is the world coming to where Applebee's How many in servers? your party? Black bagged immediately. Oh, yeah. Destroyed. Get to the black site. Table of four. Good thing that Ruby Tuesdays has a salad bar. Self-serve. I don't need a server. <laughs> I love the rye croutons. At, the pumpernickel croutons at Ruby Tuesday. Crouton. Nice. They're Pumper nice. Pumpernickel croutons. They're, so, they're kind of chewy, which I like. About, I, I think that's, oh, yeah. Good. You need a that's like not an appeal. That's, for a lot of people, that's like a turn off. But it's like, no, that's a turn on. Yeah, for a crouton, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go to Ruby right. Tuesdays. Let's go to Ruby Tuesdays. Speaking of places that would be much improved by a salad bar, uh, <laughs> go ahead and get into the show. Yes. I don't know that this hospital doesn't have a salad bar. Anyways. But, yeah, so we got a we got to email uh, listeners, so this is going to be our first. Do you want to uh, introduce the show or ourselves? No, no, they they they, they, they know. Get the fucking show intro. <laughs> they know we're they 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 know why we're here. Um, <laughs> I'm, okay, kidding, well, anyways, I'm kidding. I'm uh, kidding. I'm kidding. 
Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back once again to Worst in the Industry, the show where these three expired breast implants uh, make our way mysteriously into your homes and freezers uh, to work as incredibly efficient ice bags of truth. Um, I don't know a lot about hospitals, but I do know that we have a fake breast in our freezer because it works really well as, a, as an ice bag. My name is Justin St. Peter, and uh, hail the titty to my left. Colin Stanley, and I'm one of those breast implants that's like that kind of fucked up thread that's illegal in all countries except for like Brazil. To my left. Uh, my name's Tyler, and I'm the breast implant that got stabbed out of that girl's titty at the beginning of Scary Movie. Good for her. Yeah. It was, you know what? Great scene, was honestly. It was a great bad guy. implants. Um, yeah, so uh, we, got a, we got an email here. Um, so it's going to be our first uh, email episode. Listener um, submissions. Listener submissions. Send us more. We love this shit. Um, so, uh, so we got this email, and I will uh, I'll read it. We'll kind of talk about it, and then uh, I'll talk about it some more because I did some digging and found some dirt. Because that tends, it took me like, I don't know, what, 10 minutes before this episode to figure out that this guy's a piece of shit. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, from our friend. It's about St. Luke's Hospital in Woodlands, Texas. When the pandemic started, we were told we were not allowed to wear N95s around COVID patients unless we were stuck in the room performing a procedure. This rule did not get officially addressed and, not, and changed until about five months ago. I've had COVID twice now, going on thrice. We've never had any sort of hazard pay, even though my job entails moving these infectious patients from room to room in direct close contact. The only people who received hazard pay were the nurses who took care of COVID patients, and they decided to take it away one year in. In the surrounding area, we have countless businesses that will pay more for a base rate. I start at $12.50, and the Hobby Lobby down the street does $18. When I informed my HR rep, she told us that it is, quote, too difficult to compare wages across industries. So let's, let's, uh, let's talk about that. Let's, let's talk about that. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> yeah, what kind of fucking? That's some bullshit right there. What are you, that's absolute what a, horseshit. So I love, so, I love the kind of. Okay, before we get into it, I love the idea, like, because HR reps probably the most like embattled people in any corporate structure, because they're the they're like they are the Gen Pisakis of these like fucking psychos where they're like, I, clearly what you're saying and the argument you're making makes a hundred percent sense. You are one hundred percent in the right. It's my job to convince you that you're wrong. Yeah, it's my job to double speak you into the ground. It's and make my you think you have no point. I'm uh, I'm our registered gaslighting agent here at St. Luke's Hospital. I I just love that. So they're paying these nurses twelve dollars and fifty cents to like literally do probably one of the worst jobs in existence. Uh, well, like God God fucking bless all of the jobs. nurses because. They're doing things that I would never do, ever, for any amount of money, realistically. Mm-hmm. And this person is saying, well, you deserve to make less than the people selling fucking knickknacks and bullshit at Hobby Lobby. From a, a no, company no, that, that's by not the what, way, that's... 
fraudulently started like a museum and stole a bunch of artifacts. Like we had a whole episode about Hobby Lobby. Uh, are you talking about the the company that helped fund ISIS as well as a bunch of Christian nationalist militias here in America? No, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that was. Also, uh, th- here's here's the thing though, Tyler. She's not saying this HR rep is not saying that uh that Hobby Lobby like deserves that money. She's saying that you can't compare rates of pay across industries implying there is some kind of extra work or like extra thing that these guys are doing that nets them that extra 550 an hour like there's there's an implication there where it's like oh our brave our brave essential workers at hobby lobby uh which if you had to work retail at hobby lobby through the pandemic hats off to you uh but your job is not as fucking hard as a med tech your job is not as hard as a fucking nurse. No, it's not. Uh, and they deserve to get... Everybody deserves to get paid enough to, like, live. I don't think that's the point of the episode. Yeah, but nurses deserve extra. They, they got they hard jobs. I mean, they deserve to be compensated fairly for the kind of fucking work they do. Yeah. Period yeah, of the story. Yeah. Especially at that time when exposure rates, like, uh, when there was no vaccine, there was no treatment. If yeah, we were running nothing. out of ventilators all over the country... It, oh, and they is, were telling the period of time where bodies were being stacked in fridge trucks outside because there was no room in the morgues anywhere. And they were telling people not to wear masks, and they were telling yeah. people not to. It's crazy. It's psychotic. Actually forbidding them from it. It's. I love. I love this fucking. You know, conservatives love to be like, ah, if only Orwell could see us now. It's like. No, like, you don't even fucking understand how fucked up things are because you're too stupid. It's, that is, or it is Orwellian to, like, tell people working in a hospital not to protect yourself from working in a hospital. Um, Just not the way you think. It's just not not Orwellian because, you know, they're going to get the space COVID goo inside them, the graphite oxide that uh, turns their bodies into living computers that can uh contain the ai of alien vessels that have been researched at roswell yeah all right i didn't make any of that up personally <laughs> that's all repetition justin's shocked here you're shocked i see it's okay don't worry about it that you know what i'm, I'm not it's in, I'm the not about it. it's in the vaccine it's in the vaccine and it's what? in the Good. water and it's Good. turning the frogs into ai Good. So. Uh, continuing on here. Yeah, please, for the love of God. There is a carpet... (laughs) There is a carpet all throughout this hospital that has been complained about for 20 years. Think, pushing 300-pound patients on a 500-pound bed on carpet. When we finally got them to say that they were going to remove it, they said, we'll start in labor and delivery, because that makes the most money. Labor and delivery is a closed unit, so that's pointless. And two months later... No word of actually following up on that. <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah, because, so, you know, hospitals wonderful. hospitals should be concerned with removing things that make people's jobs harder in the place that makes them the most money. Yeah, that sounds like a good place for healthcare. Is yeah, entirely like concerned with... Yeah, yeah. Also, I, like, they don't mention this in the email, but just the concept of carpet in a hospital is so fucking crazy. You should not have any surface that you can't, like heat clean like everything yeah, should be able to be like fucking like atomically Sanitized. scrubbed yeah. 
Yeah, you can't fucking sanitize a carpet. Yeah, don't worry. I just get the sh I get the carpet shampooer out, and it's it takes care of all the COVID. Yeah, get the Polishly uh, get all this guy out. Yeah, I gotta I gotta get all this Ebola blood out of the carpet. So I'm just gonna hire this Polish immigrant to bring his carpet shampooer out there, the one that's run on gasoline. <laughs> that's a yeah. specific reference to somebody that Justin knows. Uh, all right, uh, we are forcing visibly sick workers to come in because the rapid test we gave them came back negative. So it's a chorus of coughs and bad BO. Not, again, sounds like a great place to receive healthcare. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, that's exactly the kind of nurse that I need helping me, is somebody who is actively sick. Yeah, well, you if know, they're telling you, hey, uh, you either uh, lose your job or uh, you come you in. come in today, yeah. yeah. I mean, the image of hospitals for the longest time was like, no, a hospital is a place where you die. You don't want to go to the hospital. And then yeah. eventually, um, with time and medicine and technology and uh, like a, a skilled group of workers protected by uh, union and like their like their own labor, were able to like make hospitals such a clean and safe environment that going to one did actually greatly like increase your chances of surviving and did actually help you and now we're getting to a point where everything is so fucking diluted and spread out and atomized and taken over by these like fucking private interests that you're it's going back it's like yeah no you shouldn't go to, like not that you shouldn't go to a hospital but a lot of these hospitals like you're more likely to get sick there if you weren't sick coming in because of mm. it's just a condensed fucking flu box now yeah. yeah. Corners cut everywhere. Yep. Uh, let's see here. One of our elevators has a dent in it in the floor for 10 years. Last week, the dent finally cra cracked, so the floor of the elevator is cracked open, and it's still up and running. This is a staff elevator and meant to have a 1,000-plus weight limit. I know the crack leads to the bottom of the shaft because when I step on it, sawdust and cool air rush up. Uh, yeah, that's uh, incredibly sanitary. Yeah, sanitary and totally not an OSHA violation. Silver yeah, lining. not highly dangerous. Silver lining. Now you have a smoking elevator to compare to the non-smoking elevators. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> laying, laying down, yeah, blowing lay your down, smoke in the crowd. On your yeah. break, just like get, get a few fucking... Marble well, it's it's wax. like it's like it's like a it's like a gravity. Send me down to the sub basement. It's like a gravity <laughs> bong. It's like a gravity <laughs> bong. So when you when you go up, it sucks all the air out. So so when you're going up, you can just smoke the whole time in there. Yeah. Because it's just sucking all the smoke out. Yeah, I flooded the <laughs> elevator shaft at work. So I create create a four story gravity bong, bro. What? Yeah, I killed like sixteen people indirectly. <laughs> Because of the electrical fire. It's fucking sick, dude. You should see it. Yeah, bro. The 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 NICU had its main power source turned off for over 16 hours. But oh, I got so stoked. <laughs> Those fucking incubators were fucked, bro. Uh, <laughs> like little aliens, bro. They were fucking dying, man. I'm going to smoke out of one of those next. It's oh, smoking out of a fucking preemie. No, I was thinking incubator, but yeah, why not? Uh. <laughs> oh, dude, let's see if we can get like a secondhand incubator. When when these hospitals go under and they they like all the stuff that can't be, uh, you know, has to be dumped as biohazards, just like gets resold. Let's see if we can get our hands on like a little NICU incubator and turn it into some kind of bong. 
some kind. Some kind like of a vapor. We could turn it into a huge bud vape. Oh, we turn it into like a big hookah, because you wheel it around, and we got all the hoses coming off of it. Ah, and then there you, you go. And then you put like a like a like a dead octopus or something inside, just so people are like, oh, it's like an alien, bro. It's like a containment field. <laughs> it's like Prometheus. Bro, it's just like Death Stranding, dude. He's fucking strapping his fucking back, dude. He's fucking smoking weed with Kojima, bro. Uh, uh, so, oh, man. Uh, our management does not give a shit about COVID precautions. I've caught directors, doctors, and even patients walking around without a mask. One time I had a COVID-positive patient. They refused to wear a mask, and my manager told, told me to bring them down anyway. Because it's not about treating people and making sure people get better. About money. It's, it's about, about butts about and money. seats. It's butts, about it's fucking about filling them beds. It's about corpses and beds. That's it's what it's about. It's about the bottom yeah. line. Yeah, it's Fuck it's the same kids. issue we see in fucking in private prisons, right? Where they're not paid to rehabilitate. They're not paid to, you know, give somebody skills so that when they when they're able to re enter society, uh, that they can support themselves and like enrich themselves and lead a better life uh it's the same fucking thing it's like no you're, you're not like the people that work there for the most part like doctors practitioners nurses med techs like they're there because they like helping people for the most part uh but like what what do you think a hospital director does what do you what do you think what do you think the people who run this company uh that he's, runs he's this more fucking he hospital walks, want he walks past a room and he wonders if he can make more money off of treating that person or letting them die and getting a different person. He doesn't wonder. He knows. He's like, yeah. I, like, yeah, like, no, like, it's not worth it. None of it's worth it. Just keep cycling people through. Because yeah. the quicker we can get them out, the quicker we can get somebody else in. And there's no shortage. No. Yep. <laughs> it's time to, to get back all... to normal, everybody. It's time yeah. to go back to normal. To cap it all off, the hospital is engaged in an unfair labor practice and lying to the nursing staff. They, say, they tell the nurses they must answer their phone even if they're on break. And if they say it's an interrupted break, they get in trouble. If they don't take their phone, the hospital threatens their license. This is bottom line wage theft. The hospital across the street, Memorial Hermann, got sued 10 years ago for the same shit. All in all, I would not wish this on my worst enemy. Please blast them. Well, here we are. We're blasting yeah. them. Fuck this place. Fuck St. Jude's Hospital in the, wood, in the Woodlands, Texas. They can eat my whole dick. Yeah. They can, in fact, eat your whole dick. They can eat my whole dick. Bunch so fucking for-profit. And, and this is, you know, this is, like, very, like, that's that last part specifically, right? Like, they're engaging mm -hmm. in unfair labor practices with their nurses, right? Mm -hmm. And that's... You know, companies always do this. Companies always try to extract more out of you than they're paying you for because that's the yeah. whole point. That's why um, wage it is wage their whole incentive. But yeah, wage theft is the most common form of theft in the United States. Uh, yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's like over five times higher than uh, petty theft in terms mm -hmm. of like value stolen. Uh, and I mean, wage theft is in trillions of dollars. Yeah, and wage year. wage theft isn't a criminal offense; it's a civil. No, offense. no, you got to go to a civil court for that. But yeah, if you steal $100 out of a cash register, that's a criminal offense. Exactly. Um, and, you know, this, but specifically that last part, right, where we're talking about, like, nurses and their labor, like, companies engaging in unfair labor practices, and there not being really any oversight, like, something that the NLRB should be all over. Like, when this pandemic started, 
that should have been probably one of their primary concerns is like making oh, sure that healthcare workers are being NLRB, taken care of. All 42 of them? Yeah. All 42 of the people on the NLRB? No, of course. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't blame the NLRB no. because they... It's less like, than one person per state. They're kind of a fucking joke <laughs> yeah. of a department. Yeah, because, there's 42 you know, people in it. Yeah, like, th there's not really much they're able to do. Um, but this Jeez, is just even, like, the, even the NLRB is short-staffed. If that doesn't tell you enough, then <laughs> yeah, but this is this you. is just like what was fucking what what happened uh, a few weeks ago in Wisconsin in Appleton uh, with with the nurses um, that that decided to quit their jobs uh, mm. at a hospital that they were working for and move to a different hospital, and mm. that hospital literally got a court injunction against them to keep them from moving to those jobs. Uh, now it was eventually overturned, but. Literally, like these these people decided to leave because they were getting that there was a much better opportunity for pay. They were underpaid and they had lower benefits than what this these open positions were offering. Uh, mm -hmm. Fucking Wisconsin, much like Michigan, is a right to work state. Mm -hmm. So they're yeah. at which means you have a right to not work. Yeah, so you're an at will employee, which means that you you work at the will of your employer, meaning they can terminate your employment at any time for any reason as uh, and not have to disclose it. Um, and then the only time that it's like actually a problem is if it's like found out to be discriminatory or to be illegal in some way. But th you actually have to go through the trouble of investigating that uh, and go through like the process of discovery. And even still, you, that, that would go to civil court and wouldn't go to a criminal court. So there's not a lot of money yeah. in it uh, for a lot of lawyers. They, they don't want to really do that work necessarily. Um, but yeah, they fucking they, they took these people. They said, no, you can't you can't leave. They said, "Well, we're leaving. We're at will employees." And then they got a judge to say, "If you, if you, you can't leave. You have to work here for the next two weeks." Uh, yeah. Crazy, what? insane, and it's the kind of shit that's happening all across the fucking country. Where yeah. companies, it's not just that they're entitled to your time when you're on the clock. It's not just that they're entitled to your time uh, around your shift. Now they feel like they're entitled to all your time. They're they're entitled to your body, to your life, to everything that you have to offer, um, because nobody's going to fucking stop him. Like, that judge, you know, even though his ruling was overturned, uh, he agreed. <laughs> he said, yeah. And, you know, the argument was that, like, oh, these were, like, specialists. Like, they worked in their, like, their radiology department, and it would create, like, a national... Or, or uh, it would create, like, an, an emergency event. But they told that company in advance what was happening, yeah. and they didn't they, hire they, anybody else. The company knew. They didn't. They didn't offer competitive wages like they, like people who believe in the market say should happen. That oh, if you have a great employee and you need their specific skill set, and another company is offering them more money, you have to counter offer to keep them. Uh, no, not not in America. Not in America. You go to court for that. You go. You get a judge to impugn that person's uh, personal liberties and freedom. But you won't see the right wing, like the conservatives talk about this kind of thing the guys who love individual freedom individual rights they won't talk about these nurses in fucking texas who are literally being forced to do unpaid work and then being punished if they refuse or punished if they report the honest facts of the situation um you know it's and it's just gonna keep fucking happening it's just gonna keep happening um yeah. and even even uh, hospitals the way hospitals work even if you end up unionizing there's a lot of really strong really fucking admirable uh nurse unions and health worker unions uh in this country doesn't matter you have travel nurses uh which is like literally a built-in system for scabs uh like it's not the travel nurse's fault 
per se, because their fucking life sucks. They constantly have to travel around uh, and, like, don't really have, like, you know, stability in their life. But they get paid. They get paid a bunch more. It's yep. it's just like that, you know. They're they're being incentivized that way. So you can't even blame the individual at this point. They've they've taken the concept of a scab, and they've abstracted it to the point that there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So let's talk about Catholic health initiatives. People who own this uh, this hospital here. Which is yeah, the, the conglomerate that owns St. Luke's and yep. Texas. Yep. Yeah. So it uh, the CEO is a man by the name of Kevin Lofton, whose net worth is six point oh two million dollars. More money than any person could ever use or need. And he has been on the board of directors for a company called Gilead Sciences since two thousand nine. Gilead those Science, you say? Familiar, what? Those of you who are familiar with the Iraq War uh, <laughs> will know a little bit about Gilead Science. Gilead Sciences, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, was a like a supplier, like a like a uh, a medical and like uh, support supplier. So like they would like they would provide staff for like uh, catering, like cafeteria workers. As well as like healthcare supplies, medical supplies, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. Who had um, a very infamous member of the federal government uh, reaping quite a large reward, uh, Donald Rumsfeld, uh, during the Iraq War. One of the main architects, the guy who literally drew up the plans for invading Iraq uh, like 30 fucking years before we did it, he, yeah. he's the guy who was getting paid out by Gilead the whole time while they were getting paid out by the government contract that he basically we created the circumstance to exist uh and this guy that tyler's about to talk about he's wrapped up in that bullshit too after the fact 2009 but still with a company still with a company that uh made their bones and made made their little nest egg uh on the uh fucking half melted brutalized bodies of iraqi children so well that's the thing colin is it's proof of concept man he saw how profitable it was yep so um Let's talk a little bit about uh, Gilead Sciences and some uh, some lawsuits that they've been involved in uh, the entire time. <laughs> the entire time this man has been there, lawsuits. and he's decided that they still seem like a good company to work for. <sighs> so, um, and who's this guy's name again? Kevin E. Lofton. Fuck you, Kevin, Kevin e. Lofton. E. Lofton. Eat a wad yep. of human shit, you piece of garbage. Probably does. So. Who's to say? Uh, Gilead, uh, owns the drug called Sovaldi, which is a, uh, hepatitis C treatment. In the U.S., it was launched at $1,000 per pill, or $84,000 for the standard 84-day course. <laughs> oh, awesome. Oh, yep, you mean hepatitis the C, the thing that kills you if it's left yeah. untreated? Yeah, 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 yeah. You want to know uh. something funny, though? You want to know something funny? Uh, in India, it was as low as $4.29 a pill. Crazy. Still super expensive for it's them, It's I different wish. markets, though. It's different markets. $1,000 per pill to $4? Come on. Well, maybe they're getting no, a shittier right. version of it. Nope. No, it's the same drug. It's oh, the it's same the, oh, it's the same exact drug? It's the same exact well, drug. Well, maybe 
maybe there's like something different. Oh, it's the same delivery method. It's okay. the same delivery. It's the oh, same. Okay. So it's oh, oh it's the, the same supply. It's line. the exact. It's the exact same bottle of pills. It's just, it's just priced yeah. different. Oh wow. Well, yeah. it seems like it seems like maybe America, a country that constantly shits on countries in the global south, has worse health care than countries in the global south. Yeah, imagine that. It's crazy. No, that that can't be true. Our health care is so Jamie, expensive. Jamie, could you bring up bad. that that infant mortality rate graph again? I just want to see that. Yeah, Jamie, can you pull up that chimp video again? Pull up that chimp oh. video yes, where they talk yeah, about the infant video. mortality rate in America uh. <laughs> among amongst <laughs> amongst talking about infant mortality in sign language. So, it's fucking bullshit. So the, I agree, uh, Chimp. The United States Senate Committee on Finance launched an investigation into the Savaldi pricing uh, <laughs> and argued that its 2015 report that Gilead set prices high in disregard of the human cost in order to set the stage for a higher eventual price for Savaldi's success for Harvoni. The committee's investigation, based in part by internal documents obtained from Gilead, revealed that the company had considered prices ranging from $50,000 to $115,000 a year, trying to strike a balance between revenue and predicated activist public relations blowback with little regard to research and development costs. So they were planning on making this more expensive than the average income of a person in the United States. I just want to why say are, why are, we're talking we're talking about a medicine that's necessary to keep people alive. Yeah, so they don't. Die. Um, yeah. yeah, and in that in that sentence where you described uh, how Gilead like what their methodology for determining price was, nowhere in there were the words afford in any capacity, no. uh, life or health, the things that I would argue are the most important to a medication uh, or a pharmaceutical being rolled out. Uh, is it affordable to the people that need it? Will it improve their health? And will it extend their life? No, 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 no. Totally unimportant. Will it make us money? Yeah. Mm. So, uh, the funny thing is, in the state of Oregon, the Medicaid in Oregon had an issue where they were like, this is too expensive. What are we going to do? Because they had 10,000 Medicaid patients that were deemed good candidates for this, uh, this drug. Uh, the Oregon Health Authority estimated that treating half of these patients, so 5,000 people, would more than double the, tates, the state's total drug expenditures. The state thus opted to limit treatment to 500 patients per year. <laughs> oh, no, it's too expensive to make sure everybody gets well. What if we yeah. made sure that... people a year die. What if we just let a bunch of people die all the time? And then the people that somehow survive, maybe they get treated next year if they're lucky. Yep. Yep, uh, let's see here. Uh, there's another drug called Truvada. Truvada? I don't know. What, okay, why, are the, why are all these drugs named after, like, classical Italian clowns? Hey! There's the Truvada! Hey, the Truvada. Uh, Truvada de Chester! He approaches it's the prince the... of Napoli! <laughs> it's the, the fucking... I feel like the next one's gonna be named Pagliacci, like... Uh... <laughs> but... <laughs> but, doctor, you don't doctor. understand... Doctor, I am the great clown Lexapro. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, man, the great clown Lexapro. That's my new Discord name. The, the great clown. <laughs> Turn it around. Not not Clippy the Impaler anymore. Clippy the Impaler. <laughs> Clippy the Impaler. So, it looks like you might be having trouble repelling the Turk. Can I help the you lust, with that? The lustful Turk. Um, <laughs> the lustful 
lost. Ah, the perfidious <laughs> Turk is at your border. Mongolia? Did you mean to set up fortifications in advance? <laughs> Do you need help form formatting this It looks like you're trying to commit a an ethnic cleansing of Romania. Can I help you with that? <laughs> so, uh, Truvada, right? Truvada. Yeah. Truvada, Whatever. the great cloud. I don't, I don't give a shit. Truvada. That's my so, favorite part from Watchmen. The Watchmen's graphic so, novel series. When it was introduced, it cost approximately $1,200 a month in the United States. Uh, by 2018, this price has increased to $2,000 per month. Oh, because things don't get cheaper over time? Despite generally costing less than $100 outside the United States. For a, for a whole month's supply for a whole of month. this drug? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gilead made over $3 billion in sales of Truvada in 2018. This is for HIV. I feel like it can't yeah. be said often enough, the fact that, like... Like, when, when the question is, how much would you pay to stay alive, it's no longer a transaction, it's a fucking hostage situation. Like, I, I yeah. get it that, like, it's played out, but it's, like, it's the case. Like, oh, it's extortion. This is, like, extortion. It's just, like, if somebody came to your house and said, hey, pay me $1,200 a month or I'll let you die or I'll kill you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could go to the cops and you could, or, or you could go to a lawyer and you could figure something out and, and like, protect yourself. Um, but... In America, we just call that the market at work, baby. Yep. It's the free market. In America, market, fuck you. Yep. Uh, so, I love uh, that Yakov Smirnov is like a weird capitalist sycophant now. <laughs> yeah, he's a strange man. So, uh, activist groups like uh, ACT UP. Fight AIDS, man. Yeah, they, uh, they helped this move to a uh, congressional hearing in May of 2019. Gilead's CEO defended the pricing in the hearing by noting the large sums of the company spends on HIV-AIDS research. The research behind Truvada was primarily funded by the United States government, which filed the original patent. Which, by the way, this is almost always how it goes. Yeah, yeah. You, you, the taxpayer, uh, through the government, pay these companies to develop, to develop life-saving drugs and treatments uh, to make sure that you and your loved ones don't die of preventable illness and disease, and then they extort you, they fucking rake you over the coals, uh, and they you get to sit there and watch as your friends and family die from entirely preventable conditions because they don't have enough money to pay for the thing that they've already paid for a million times over. Yeah. Uh, in 2019, in May, uh, after this hearing, Gilead announced that it would donate enough Truvada to treat up to 200,000 patients annually for up to 11 years. Isn't that great? Wow! Isn't that isn't that real great? It's so, it's so kind. Out of, of the bottom of bottom of their fucking hearts. Uh, didn't, didn't have to go to a whole congressional hearing for them to even consider. Yeah, according to a Mrs. Doctor Rochelle Walansky. And also, it's just the idea yeah, that, that they're like, yeah. that they're, <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. So uh, according to uh, Dr. Rochelle Walansky, uh, she said, uh, hey, uh, that only covers one-fifth of the people who need I this in a year. I was about to say, this seems like, it seems like they went from, we're not going to actually do anything to make sure anybody gets this drug. We're just going to make sure that companies keep, that uh, states keep buying it from us and that uh, companies that want to distribute it keep buying it from us, but we're not going to make it any more affordable and then they w went before a congressional hearing and they're like we'll do the bare minimum 
uh, we'll do bare minimum, but we're still going to let a lot of people die, and yep. we're still going to cut it off uh, after a certain amount of years and let those people die too. Yep. And uh, Congress went okay because yep. you know uh, historically AIDS goes away after you treat it for eleven years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just yeah, stop no, having AIDS. Yeah, AIDS it's, disappears. You, you just it's Sprite and chicken noodle soup, and you'll be fine. Spr exactly. Verners. Get a drink of Verner's. Yeah, you'll drink be fine. Drink of Verner's, smoke a menthol. You'll be fine. Yeah, have a Newport. You'll be fine. Um, so, uh, Gilead, uh, Gilead got sued in 2021 by CVS and Rite Aid because they, along with, uh, two other companies, uh, Bristol, Myers, Squibb, and Teva Pharmaceuticals, they were doing, uh, what's commonly referred to in the healthcare industry as a pay-for-delay agreement. Ooh, love those. Uh, where they delay... <laughs> making generic versions of drugs so that, that way they're the only people that have it, which I guess you could call a monopoly, but I, you know... Yes, you know, you it's won't. only... It's it doesn't seem anti very fair, free, fair and free market to me. As hey, covered the market, in our, the uh, our oil four-parter, antitrust law, just even though it exists in America, it doesn't, because it's never enforced ever, and it hasn't yeah. been for literally over 100 years now. Yeah. So, I guess technically... Technically, Microsoft got pressured with antitrust legislature, but Enron was already bankrupt by the time it happened, so it didn't matter. Yeah, so the the reason, another thing that they did was, uh, back to Savaldi here. So the reason why it was cheaper in India is because Gilead licensed the ability to make generic versions of this drug in India. They said, okay, you can, India, you can make, you can make these uh, generic versions of it, and, you know, that's cool. But part of that licensing agreement was anti-diversion provisions that said you can only fucking sell it in India. Well, th that's yeah. pro probably what happened was that the Indian, like, yeah, India... Yeah, that is what happened. Yeah, pro pro India was like, okay, you can sell your drugs here, but there's rules. Yeah, and you, can't, went, you can't ship it back to the United <clears throat> States and sell it there. Yeah, and these, and these companies were like, okay, well, also, there's rules. Yeah. Um, and it's like the con the idea that it's like oh a government actually would stand up to a company because its people need this life saving drug and they'll die without it and they don't want a company to behave predatorily and let people die when they could make sure that those people live because that's the point of the government is to make sure that people don't needlessly die uh, all the fucking time over stupid shit uh, yep. like a treatable disease and then in America it's just like. It's your personal freedom to die in a hospital bed of AIDS. <laughs> yep. Uh, so on top of all of this, they really don't like paying taxes. What? Uh, <laughs> a company um, in America doesn't like paying taxes? Uh, How strange. In a 2016 report by the uh, Americans for Tax Fairness, said that Gilead was able to avoid $10 billion dollars in taxes on U.S. sales through mechanisms such as transfer pricing. Sale of assets between entities and moving it to an Irish tax haven and blah, 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 all that. Uh, the Times reported that Gilead used the double Irish agreement to avoid U.S. corporate taxes on global profits, stating that the, st the firm used a controversial tax loophole arrangement to shift almost 20 billion euros in profits through an irish entity in two years without paying taxes on it it's so it's dime. so fucked up that ireland like has been struggling under the boot heel of oppression for centuries now and the only way that they can make money because of what england has done to them 
is tax by, avoidance is by is by like okay well we'll let you commit your financial crimes here mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll, we won't process like they're just like they're cheap switzerland they're like generic switzerland <laughs> yeah so um back to back to mr uh, kevin e lofton um according to his his records here um i don't remember if you guys remember something happening around uh february 25th 2020 no. um only Vaguely. I don't have Vaguely. much of a memory. I was I was pretty much blackout wasted ninety percent of the time back then. So yeah, I around remember. around if, if for people that forget, around February twenty fifth, twenty twenty is when uh, a COVID nineteen started becoming uh, a big deal in the United States. Uh, it had its first hit uh, record. The first wave. And yeah, it had its yeah, first, first hit wave. record. Uh, so, Mr. Kevin E. Lofton uh, just so happened to buy a uh, four hundred twenty six thousand. $363.60 worth of stock in Gilead Sciences. Mm. Now, when did Which you do seems that? seems odd after all of these issues. Seems like this company wouldn't be a great, uh, even if you're on the board of directors, a thing to buy more into. But. Well, it doesn't seem ethical, but it certainly seems profitable. Just. No, yeah. And what's the point ju- of a hospital? Yeah, uh, uh, t- 20. Six days later, no, 27 days, on March 23rd, 2020, Gilead sought and obtained an orphan drug designation for something called remdesivir, if anybody remembers that, that they thought was going to be the Holy Grail Hail Mary of COVID treatment. I thought remdesivir and, and, was one of the I characters like to from say, The Witcher. By, by, by they, Tyler means... Magas. Like uh, he, he means, it's means no, not necessarily. It was it was not, people who were like soft anti-fax. Yeah, it was. It was well. It was at that point they had no idea what to do for treatment, so it was kind of like this might fucking work. Drugs, um, just yeah. Take pills. But the fact that he bought that just just under a month before they they got this uh, orphan drug designation sounds a little bit like um what do they call it insider trading insider trade don't worry no, uh, nancy pelosi for that Na- nancy pelosi States, is though. fighting viciously to defend oh with Con- her 100 million dollar congress's ability to trade <laughs> stocks and bonds on the market because that's because as an american that's your that's your that's your personal individual freedom to use your money to oppress and kill the hundreds, if not thousands, of other people. Indirectly yeah, so, and directly. That's your right as an American. So, uh, let's see here. In September 2020, following a review of evidence, the WHO issued guidance to not use rendesivir in people with, tooth, uh, with COVID-19 because there was no good evidence of benefit. But I'm sure he made enough money in the, in the meantime. Oh, yeah, Several yeah, yeah, million. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, where is it? I have it here somewhere. Um... In 2021, Rendezvier uh, generated more than $4.5 billion in annual revenues, and it was Gilead's <laughs> highest-selling product. Wow. That's, oh, hmm. it's like maybe he had some Straight. some information on the industry, so, probably so let's, being uh, part of, like, you know, medical infrastructure that's highly privatized. In such so a let's, way. Run, let's, let's run this back. Kevin yeah. E. Lofton, uh, CEO of... Catholic health, initiatives. Catholic health initiatives, which runs St. Luke's, which runs St. Luke, St. Luke's. He's on the board of directors for Gilead 
who has done many, many, many financial crimes, and he is insider traded to make money off of Remdesivir, which didn't actually do anything. That's what I got. That's what I got. It's it's totally unsurprising that the yeah. management from Catholic Health Initiatives all the way down into St. Luke's is going to follow in this guy's footsteps. Exactly. If, exactly. If the head of the tree is a shithead, or if the, if the head of the company is a shithead, then he's going to hire shitheads to work for him, and they're going to hire shitheads to work for them, and so on and so forth, until you actually just get to honest working people who just need a fucking job, and we get, it, like, shit rolls downhill. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So... Yep, that's uh, that's that's St. Luke's Hospital in the Woodlands, Texas. Thank you to our friend for uh, emailing us about this. Yes, thank you to, for the listener submission. We appreciate it much. Yep. Um, anybody else who is in a similar situation or knows of people in a similar situation, please reach out to us. Let us know. We would be happy to tell your story on this forum. Yep, and we can keep you anonymous like this one. We can say your name. Yep. Uh, we can call you Big Dick Jimmy. I don't know, whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, we come up with some fun pseudonyms and... Yeah. I've always wanted a nom de plume. <laughs> What's that? A plume you're not. A, a nom de plume. You don't. You, you. It's. It's the soup of the day, Colin. Soup du jour. Yeah, it's the soup <laughs> of the day. Um. It's no. My my nom de plume is uh, Richard Fromage. Bring, just bring that back to Colin hating me in a session of a game that I oh, don't think ever. Oh, there's like a released. simmering anger. There's like a simmering anger. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like um, you like when you're making a nice, a nice rich broth, and you mm. you just put the chicken carcass on the back burner and you let it simmer. You let it simmer. You put it all the way that's, on low. That's my anger and uh, like frustration at, at Justin and Tyler. Um, as people and as as individual choices, just constantly bubbling in the background, and you know most of the time it's fine and I can ignore it, but sometimes it bubbles over. But I do that off mic because I'm a professional. I'm not going to argue in front of our kids like my parents did. Uh, to the listeners at home, Colin uh, frequently runs tabletop games that Tyler and I play. I'll kill all of you mm-hmm. in real life. <laughs> this isn't parody or a joke. I will kill you. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. call to action. Um, I don't know. Just like. Talk shit about this place. Call to action. Yeah. If you work Bring in a up. hospital, talk about it. Talk about how much you're getting paid. Talk, yeah, talk, talk about how much you're getting paid. Uh, organizing yeah. is fucking hard. So obviously, it's you can't expect everybody to just you know whip a fucking union up out of their workplace. But if you have the time and you have the resources, do it. If you can, uh, you know, talk to your coworkers. Like that's yeah. the big part of this is that it's meant to make like pit people against each other. That's why like they bring in travel nurses. It's to create an enemy that's not management uh so you should talk to your co-workers uh if you if you have the ability to organize organize uh and obviously uh fucking like <laughs> what we really need i mean honestly the real answer here the real call to action is we need a national health system we we need yes. nationalized uh free at the point of service health care uh, like there should be no cost. Nobody should be paying out of pocket for healthcare, and you shouldn't have to rely on the the good graces of some private fucking company that's only concern is making money to make sure that you get treated uh, as effectively and as thoroughly as you should be. So really, the call to action here is burn down the private in uh, healthcare infrastructure politically. Uh, 
politically yes. do that and then <laughs> reinstate a national uh, metaphysically uh, uh, politically uh, we're gonna politically kill them we're gonna shoot them yes. we're gonna climb the steps of the capitol and shoot congress people politically at the ballot box at, at the ballot box of course um all right well, uh, metaphysically you, yeah. also in a defamation lawsuit but it's for different thank reasons. you once again for tuning in to worst in the industry yeah um we, we will be back next week with a special edition special. episode, number 50, 50, our 50th episode. Uh, thanks for sticking with us through all of this time. If you had been, please continue to tell your friends about us. Please continue to submit stories so that way we can continue to do fun listener submission episodes like this. Fun. Uh, That's what this was. <laughs> please continue uh, being awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, bye. bye. Love you. Kisses. Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now. When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town. Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you need to sit the fuck down, yeah. I don't even talk my shit now unless I got a reason. Everybody watching like Netflix got a new season. I'ma get rich, hit the dealership, get the new bands out. Bottom line 316, like Stone Cold says so. They bury me alive, I was dead broke. I've been living in the no flex zone. About to make a move, it's a escrow. Cooking in the kitchen, my sauce like magic. My pesto like presto. Off a little bean, that espresso. Little bit of lean like I'm getting over chest cold Got no chain, no, I can't chill A-ball got me feeling like A-mill Can't stay still, can't feel off a of pain kill Got the little orange pill, not the day quill They fake with it, they ain't real They talk about bricks, but they can't build I'm frank with it, I'm Jake Jill I only sold gas, I'm Hank Hill Tank filled with the propane It's like a 10K grill, it's a throwaway they never ask if I'm okay, I'm never okay Everybody wanna cut, it's a dry vocal I'm anti-love, anti-social I'm bipolar, I'm bi-coastal I might buy one and go postal Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down Boy, you better sit the fuck down.